I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Streamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the 2016 World Series Champion Cubs. Hello, this is Ken. I'm also known as Rice Cube on Twitter, and I'm one of the uh, showrunners on World Series Dreaming. With me today is one of our old podcast guests. This is Steve-O. How are you doing, Steve-O? Steve-O, doing just fine. Rice Cube, what's happening? All right. And it's been a very long time since we've talked because uh, once upon a time, Mauricio, our mutual friend, used to run this thing, and then he left and became like baseball prospectus and big time and now he's a scout for the cardinals so he obviously can't do this so i decided (laughs) you know what i I gotta have this little hobby and here i am again reviving the dreamcast that he started and uh thanks for hanging out with us tonight oh as always it's a pleasure i uh, ever since ever since i got to know you and mauricio and everybody back then uh you know i've always I continue to enjoy uh, your website and the stuff you guys do on Twitter, especially uh, um, uh, even even after all this time. I still I still kind of like I still kind of like your thing the best. It's it's not too heavy, not too intense, and it's definitely not too light. And and uh, I find myself clicking on your stuff very often. It's always 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 a uh, um, always good to support you, help help out, and spread the word, and and uh, chat with you guys once in a while too. So it's it's always, always, always very thankful and very honored to be able to spend some time with you now and then. Cool. Are you still doing that uh, box score thing? Because the one thing I just remember you most for is your specialized uh, baseball scorecard. Yeah, yeah. I I still. I still uh, I still score games voraciously. In fact, uh, <clears throat> look at the numbers here. I don't score every game that I watch like I did years ago, but like this year, I've watched about 200 games and I've scored about 80 of them. So mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, I don't update the website or I'm sorry the the blogger dot com website as often as I used to because I really I started drifting away from um, the the whole content and the I wanted to turn it into a, a more like a resource right because mm-hmm. back when I first started really getting into this there were a couple of sites like the baseball scorecard is one of them that had a lot of great score sheet templates and tips and stuff like that and and after I talked to a couple guys after I'd started my blog for a couple of years, they kind of they kind of made the suggestion that I kind of stick to that route. So I started to cut back on the uh, quote analysis unquote and, and the game recaps as much as I just started to focus on scorekeeping stuff. And and mm-hmm. I, I did a little series where, um, in my opinion, the craziest most revolutionary for lack of a better term of it was developing my score sheet with the the pitch counts and not only tracking the pitches but the order in which they are using a a combination of numbers and symbology and that 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 actually caught on pretty well a lot of people a lot of people i know and talk to still use it and the system works really good Hmm. but uh, I haven't really expanded anything beyond that. I still put up custom score sheets once in a while. Like this year, for the first time, I did a special postseason score sheet and then a World Series score sheet, which is really nothing more than my basic score sheet with the logo on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do that, right? Yeah, Merchandising. Nothing, no, yeah, nothing crazy, but it's just kind of fun because most people like me who – keep score fanatically like that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, here's all the games I scored in the postseason. Even though you're writing stuff over it, it's kind of nice to say, oh, look, yeah, I I know what this is, and as if I needed a reminder. But other than that, it's it's really – I really don't 
do a lot with it. It's still out there. I still offer and suggest the score sheets for downloads for anyone who needs to. But I haven't been updating a lot because I really haven't had any time to spend on uh, generating any new content. Because beyond the basics and the advanced stuff that I've already done, there really isn't anything new Mm -hmm. uh, to put up there. So I, I just leave it open and I maintain it as just a repository for the you know the information that I just mentioned, the custom score sheets, the tips, and things like that. So, yeah, uh, uh, work and family's been <laughs> kind of taking a priority. I have two kids in college now, so I really need awesome. to yeah. watch what I do with my free time. Makes sense. Because, uh, yeah, I, I guess with our new uh, political climates and tax law and stuff, uh, you might have to watch where that money's going. <laughs> if, if if I could if I could watch where that money's going and see it, I, I, I'd be a millionaire just on on being able to tell you exactly where it's going. I don't think anybody knows uh, anything about it. We can only speculate, you know. Right, but you know, like people just keep telling me to stick to sports, which I will because I, I just yeah. wanted to let you know that your scorecard's been useful. Like every now and then. Uh, the people who I play softball with forget their scorebook, and I just yeah. whip out a little sheet and say, hey, this is from steve and then we can use that <laughs> for a scorecard. And I've been coaching baseball for a couple of schools uh, nice. that I teach at for the past few years, and, you know, every now and then I use their scorecard. But I've found this uh, new – so the head coach at the last school that I worked at, uh, he apparently uses this – app called game changer and it's really cool it's like game day in your fingertips except you're the scorekeeper so you know you can uh, advance the, the runners you can do play by play you can say you know this ball was an e5 this ball was a three six one etc and, and it's uh, actually really really cool and you can record caught stealing and stuff so it kind of reminded me or your score yeah. sheet a little bit because there's spaces in there for that and Whenever I score, I, I do it the way you had talked about on your website since, you know, all those years ago. So, right. yeah, it was like yeah. right after we had talked to you, uh, Mo and I, that I started using your score sheet. So I just wanted to say how much I appreciated that because it, it's actually a really cool resource. Well, that's cool. Yeah, thanks. I, li I like to hear that, especially you mentioned Game Changer, and I played around with it a little bit, and I guess – you know, there is no final frontier. One of these days, I would really like to hook up with somebody who does app development and and try to do do a kind of, maybe do an app. Uh, you know, a game changer is pretty loaded. Yeah, understand, you know, especially how you can actually take um, the the score sheet information and actually produce a game recap and stuff like that with it. That blows my mind. Um, a, a lot of like. Uh, you know, 12U, 18U teams use it for that um, specifically, which is kind of crazy, but that's technology. But I think the one thing that the apps miss that I like is, you know, I always like to draw where the ball goes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could ever give that up. You know, I've tried. Even, even when I score a radio, uh, a game in the radio, which is a little different, obviously, as you know, I still, I still draw. You know, you know, Pat says, "Oh, the, you know, it's a liner between the shortstop and third baseman," and I'll still draw a line there because I just, I just like to draw where the ball goes. And you know, if it's a line drive, it's a little straighter <laughs> than a pop fly. I'm still really hooked on that. Yeah. And uh, you know, it would be nice to develop an app someday. But yeah, with the game changer, there's a couple more, but. Uh, stuff like that, it's kind of like one of those things that if I did it, I it wouldn't be anything I'd spend money on because obviously, well, like I say, with the new tax plan, uh, you know, i got to hurry up and get my kids out of college because I'm going to need that money. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, probably the longest cold open we've ever had on this show, to be honest. Uh, well, we have to set up a plan but that, it, was, okay. it was good chatting about that. We're going to chat about more crap later on. So uh, I have a plan set up. So mm -hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about the Cubs' potential pursuit of one U Darvish. Oh. Uh, I'd like to talk about a couple of teams that have been in the news for not-so-good reasons. 
some trades and what roster considerations for, I'm assuming, our mutually favorite uh, ball club. And any final thoughts that we have? Essentially, we're just shooting the breeze for about an hour. What's there that? What did you say? Think that for a plan? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds like a plan to me. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow. All right. So, uh, you Darvish, man, they they actually got to meet with him for three and a half hours the other day. Yeah, uh, yeah, you you Darvish, he got to he got to meet the he got to meet the 2016 World Champion Chicago Cubs uh, and that seemed to go well and then right after that he met with the 2017 Champions World Houston Astros. Um kind of interesting of course, obviously you know, you Darvish is uh, is is a winner. He likes to go with the winner. I, I don't want to say I, I don't want to say his Tenure in Texas was terrible, but it certainly, uh, as with a lot of Japanese talent, uh, there's always um, with it, there should be uh, well, and it doesn't matter if they're Japanese or Dominican or from Wisconsin, you know, there there always should be a, a level of you know past performance that doesn't necessarily predict future performance, and I think with the especially with the international prospects. That I think everyone forgets it. They, they, everyone still thinks we're in the days of the Daisuke Matsuzaka and Kayagawa that, oh, we're going to plug these guys in and we're going to win a World Series. And, and we know that just isn't true. That mm-hmm. being said, with you, Darvish, uh, I think he was a lot more successful as a pitcher and as part of the team with the Rangers than uh, I think any of the other two guys I mentioned for sure. I mean, uh, it, it, it doesn't... I'm not a Rangers fan. I don't know very many of them, but I don't think anyone with the Rangers or even with the Dodgers, for that matter, would ever say, yeah, you Darvish wasn't as good as we thought he should be. Uh, no. Now, <clears throat> Yeah, he was splendid for uh, yeah. for the Dodgers in the playoffs. Like I, I forgot if it was his first playoff appearance or not, but uh, he, he was pretty darn good. And then the World Series happened, and I guess he tipped a few pitches, and... The rest is history now. Everybody's just like, yo, you Darvish is terrible. Look what he did in the World Series. And you're like, bro, did you see what he did to the Cubs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. well, and, and and it's not fair because, you know, you don't hear people talk about Clayton Kershaw in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw, who is, you know, I'm never going to argue with anyone about whether he's a good pitcher or not because he's a great pitcher. But, you know, the postseason, especially now, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, you don't have ten eyes, ten sets of eyes looking at you. you you've got a hundred sets of eyes, and, and every move counts. I mean, uh, if, you know, if, if, if Dusty Baker is going to hell for anything, it's going to be for how he's handled um, pitching decisions in the postseason. And I don't think Dave Roberts is going to hell, but... You know, in you Darvish's defense, it's like once the cat's out of the bag. Uh, I mean, you know, Dave Roberts played the whole season uh, notoriously for pulling guys when the time was right. Mm-hmm. Why he decided to change this approach during two, at least two memorable, critical moments in in uh, particularly in the World Series is beyond me. But it's his it's his it's his thing. He can do what he wants. Uh, I just think that. With the scrutiny and the level of detail that everyone is applying to to what's happening on the field during these games is really uh, with you know and I want to go to the technology the sabermetric side but even that notwithstanding the amount of the amount of attention that's being paid to every move that's being made every batter every outfielder every pitcher every move every you know every substitution. It's all just so so microscopically watched that um, that yeah, you Darvish was probably doing the same thing uh, in the postseason that he was doing there in the regular season with his pitches, but it was a little bit easier to notice. And it's one of those things where you know one mistake can mean the end of it. And I, I don't think that you Darvish is that bad. I just think that they. 
had a whole season of data and and a lot of postseason of data to look at and behaviors, and he got found out. And um, that's really more Dave Roberts' fault, I think, for not realizing that mm-hmm. there was trouble. Um, you know, Dusty didn't realize there was trouble with uh, with uh, Mark Pryor. He didn't realize there was trouble with Matt Latos. I mean, yeah, it was as plain as the nose on anyone's face that Latos was having a problem. I think what was that back in was it thirteen or whatever? It was either uh, twenty ten or twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. Those were the last two times the Reds made the playoffs, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and it was the two thousand twelve, I think, that sealed the deal with him in, in the city of Cincinnati, which yeah. I'm pretty close to. Uh, a lot of Reds fans, you, you know, it's it, it's just you know the, the the managers have got to realize that their their guys aren't bulletproof, and uh, for whatever reason, I think that you Darvish and Clayton Kershaw are both in the same boat. They have flaws, uh, they're worn out, they're practically out of gas by this time of the year. Uh, but anyway, back to the subject at hand. Yeah, I think the. I think the Cubs could do very well with you, Darvish, but I don't think they're going to end up signing him. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I, I, and for no other reason than just me looking at the, the boogie board, I think the twins and the Yankees have a better chance of landing him. Hmm. Um, I think the twins and the Yankees need him more than the Cubs or even the Astros need him. Uh, not that, not that they couldn't use – I mean, I consider him to be pretty much an elite talent. I think everybody does. Um, I, I don't think that they that anyone couldn't use another elite talent, but I think the Cubs, their rotation looks so good right now. They do need a fifth pitcher, but I think for the money that you Darvish is going to be looking for, I think they can do a little bit better or just as good with some of the other guys that are available. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that the Twins, well, definitely, I think we all know the Yankees will throw as much cash as they need at at you, Darvish. And, and um, I think they really do need, uh, well, they re-signed Sebastia, so there's that. But I think that the Yankees were short going into the postseason with pitching, and I think that proved to be, pretty much what everyone thought their their major flaw would be or what a lot of people thought would be. Mm-hmm. I think the Twins have a really, really, really good chance of signing him. I don't know why. Huh. I just think that uh, – I think that with – I think that if he goes to the Yankees, I think it kind of loses some of his identity. And, and, and if we've learned anything about you, Darvish, especially – when you compare to other Japanese pitchers, you Darvish is a real personality kind of guy. Hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, that's what he was known for in the Japanese leagues. He wasn't just a great pitcher. He was just, you know, this pitcher with a personality that a, a lot of, a lot of Japanese fans loved it. Of course, a lot of Japanese uh, managers didn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> showboating yeah. is still not cool in the NPB and he really wasn't showboating relatively but i think that like i think the twins offer him the opportunity like the rangers did to be you know i can be you darvish and i can be your elite pitcher i think he kind of fits in better there and i I think they'll give him the money is Hmm. is you know i think they'll give him the money for sure okay yeah uh so i I have uh, several comments one I thought the MPB was where all the bat flips happened, or is that KBO? <laughs> um, actually, it might be both, right? Yeah, it's both, and and that's and that's and that's a funny thing. Of, of course, I'm a, a voracious student of Japanese culture. I've been all for almost all my life, and I think that's the one thing about it's like. Just like here, we have these goofy unwritten rules. It's like in, in Japan, it's like if you smile. If you're a baseball player and you smile, it pisses them off. But go ahead and flip your bat. That's okay. Yeah, I, I guess don't I, I remember Fukudoma used to do a crazy <laughs> bat flip every time he actually did something good. So Every <laughs> time it was like a cartwheel. He, yeah, he was, was kind of one of the first guys to come over here that had that really crisp, uh, almost choreographed-looking bat flip. You're like, did he do that on purpose? And we had no idea what we were looking at at the time. But now, several years later, we're like, oh yeah, he he had the bat flip thing down, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and the other comment I guess I have, I, I agree with the Twins. Apparently, they're one of the leaders. And yeah. with the Yankees, though, like they just did several salary dumps at, even after picking up Giancarlo Stanton's contract. And I think they really want to get under that luxury tax because of the Bryce Harper thing coming up and also yeah. other free agents. So I it it will almost be counterintuitive for them to do like so much salary dumping and yeah. then re-sign Darvish whereas if you look at the Cubs they are like 30 or 40 million dollars below the 197 million mark yeah uh which triggers the tax and i think they want to stay under that but they can still sign yeah. you Darvish they can sign their backup catcher they can sign another reliever they can sign an outfielder if they wanted to and they could still fit happily under that tax so that's why i feel like they, they're in a pretty good position because if like let's say we look at the rotation right so i did a a r- roster blog a couple of days ago i know if nothing else john lester is probably number one kyle hendricks is number two jose quintana is number three and then tyler chatwood depending on who gets signed is either number four or number five you right. can slot yeah. mike montgomery in there who wants to start but you know uh, that's not <laughs> ideal. The, the yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone wants him to start. Uh, he's he's good. Yeah, one guy blows his knee, you know, or something. We have Montgomery for four or five starts would be fantastic. But it, yeah, his his uh, yeah his his spark is really in his relief role and in his ability to fit in the rotation if there's a problem. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like if the Cubs decide this is their guy, they. They have a pretty good chance because they they've done that for like a few big name free agents. They wanted Ben Zobra, so hi here here you are. You know yeah. they wanted Jason yeah. Hayward. Like whether you believe that was a good signing or not, I thought it was great at the time, and I still believe that even if he sucked for the past couple of years, that's fine. But this this is a destination that people want to go to. So right. I I don't know. Like, I, I can't say with 100% certainty where you, Darvish, will sign. I, I feel right. like you have a point about the Twins, and mm-hmm. that would be extremely surprising. That would be like a coup if the Twins actually decided, oh, I'm going to open up my wallet and, and actually do something for once, you know? But, right. uh, yeah, like, it, it's an immediate need. I feel like the Cubs need someone of you, Darvish's Yeah, they, they certainly do. They and, certainly do. And, and you're right yeah. about the money and – you know, trying to predict how the Yankees are going to handle the luxury tax is is like trying to build a house blindfolded because they're always doing stuff that, you know, that that it, that, that whole system is, is proven, proven, if it's proven anything, it's proven the Yankees are going to do whatever the hell they want anyway. I, I just, I don't know, and, and it's, I'm sure you, Darvish, would love to play the, for the Cubs and, and the Cubs have the bandwidth, but what if you know? What if the Cubs could sign a guy like Jeff Locke, Wade hmm. Miley, even Chris Tillman, uh, or you know Alex Cobb is the name that keeps going around, and 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 I think that Alex Cobb is, um, well, my point being, they could sign any of those guys and still pursue a free agent outfielder, but. Then you think about it, you're like, do they really need uh, somebody else? Uh, I mean, um, I think this is, I think this is Ian Happ's year uh, to blow up, you know. And if Ian Happ does really good, mm-hmm. then you know Almora rides the bench, and uh, or Kyle Schwarber, either one. I mean, Happ can play anywhere in the outfield. Um, it, it, it's. It, it kind of like, you, it, it, to, to your point, you look at the pitching and they really, really need to spend the money on a starting pitcher. Um, but if but if, if, a, if a backup catcher and Jeff Locke is what they can do with it, it might be better off for them than to just focus on you, Darvish. Okay. So I, I guess some of us are in the camp that says, hey, next year's class is so much better. And yeah. we want to stay under the luxury tax, but if you don't trigger the luxury tax, why not go after the best available guy and then yeah. worry about that next year? So I totally get where you're coming from. I'm looking at this list like, you know, 
Obviously, Brett Anderson didn't work out very well. Jake Arrieta is most likely gone, and he's got his own host of issues, (laughs) even though he's been great for the Cubs. Yeah. Then you got a bunch of no-names. You got a bunch of has-beens. You got Trevor Cahill, (laughs) Andrew (laughs) Kashner. Cobb apparently has priced himself out of the range of what the Cubs are comfortable with. Then you got, like, Bartolo, who's like 55. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think yeah. that's not. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sound good or taste very good. Actually. Yeah, and, and there are a bunch of very interesting guys like that have kind of their flaws, but at the same time, you're like, yeah, this guy could probably help. And mm-hmm. I almost feel like they want to avoid Alex Cobb if he costs too much because he's also gonna not only gonna cost him money but a draft pick. And yeah. New Darvish doesn't cost that because he was traded mid season. So, you know, there's also other like buy lows. Like I th- talked about Tim Lincecum, who's all buff now and yeah. apparently oh. wants to make a comeback. Uh, Travis Wood just got uh, released. Uh, you obviously don't want him starting because we saw how no. that went after his one all star season. But right. uh, yeah, it's, it's not looking good. So, Unless they do sign you, Darvish, I, I almost want them to just let Mike Montgomery do it. Right. Yep. Yep. yep that's true. I, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I mean I think the 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 the, the unique thing about the you Darvish situation is this is like this is your your free agent who uh, you know he he really has a lot more of an interest in where he goes than you typically see with, with pitcher free agents, I think, you know, so it's, it's ultimately going to be, you know, where he feels comfortable. I think obviously, of course he's, he's, he's got the money in mind, but um, you know, his personality is a big part of it. And, and I think, you know, he's kind of guy like I can, I can, I can pitch anywhere and get the money. It's wh- where am I going to be the man? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I also feel like if you're getting to a certain age, you also want to play for a winner. And yeah. I just looking at it, I, I feel like, well, the Yankees, as you said, are pretty darn good. They have a great young core and they just need pitching. The twins, on the other hand, I, I don't think of them as any sort of powerhouse, despite the fact that they made the wild card last year and, you know, gave the Yankees fits for a few innings. But yeah, it, it just. Yeah, the twins might end up being better mm-hmm. next year than we realize. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first team to have a great second half and and right. rise out of the ashes and you know start popping people in the nose. But you know, if they stink, there wouldn't be the first team to. I mean, well, they themselves did it. What was it in two thousand nine? Yeah, they got close, and then after that, they just, they sunk like a, you know, ten ton heavy something. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. Could it be our hero's moment? Could they somehow find a way? Will they rid us of these ghosts? Let's switch gears and talk about some teams that are having a rough time. So uh, the Mets have been in the news. They got roasted by one of their beat reporters for basically being cheap because their owners got caught in the Ponzi scheme and now are completely broke. Uh, (laughs) And then they just uh, re-signed. They actually extended uh, just not too long ago Sandy Alderson, who is their seat. Uh, I, I guess their b- baseball operations person, uh, their GM, and yeah, in yeah. so many words, and uh, just like, well, you know, they're only a couple of years removed from a World Series appearance, and now they don't seem to want to spend money at all. Their all their pitchers are breaking. They, you know, the, their position players aren't all that good. David Wright is perpetually injured. Uh, it's not a good team, and I'm sure Mets fans have got to be frustrated about the fact that their owners are caught in some kind of debt uh, scenario and that their GM basically can't do anything because he has no money. Well, the, the, uh, and the Ponzi scheme thing, I mean, we knew about that like five or six years ago, I think. So I that, 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 that strikes me odd that that's part of what's coming back because I think for the last five years we've been wondering – 
how are they doing so good if their if their front office is in such bad shape? <laughs> I yeah. mean, I mean, because I, I think um, I can't tell you how many years. Well, as Cubs fans, I'm speaking. Well, you know, look at a couple, look at a few teams I've liked. The Cubs and the Padres come to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the Padres have always, especially the last ten years or so, they've always had this motion of of uh, a very forward thinking and 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 very good front offices. Not, you know, not to use the money ball cliche, but they've always done very good. Um, watching the bottom line and have had you know a, a real decent leadership core but just it, it has never happened on the field I, the cubs were like that for several years i mean i don't want to you, you know a lot of folks are too quick to put down guys like crane kenny you know who really and and even uh, jim hendry right mm-hmm. but really really had um what was on the field was yakety sacks, but really in the office there was still a real good a real good thing going on. And the Mets, by comparison, it seems like they can't do anything right. And for a few years there, even though that was happening, they were still doing very well. Right. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think even as as long ago as two thousand eight or two thousand nine, anyone was riding the Mets off for any reason. Now, uh, now they're, they're, they're starting to turn into, from the ownership standpoint, well, this is this is a Loria level fiasco, and um, yeah, something snapped there. I, I think this is the beginning of a long drought for the Mets. I don't think. I think things are going to get worse before they get better. What's surprising is it's taken this long for the boils to actually start to fester because, yeah, mm-hmm. 2015 was – everyone was like, holy crap, who are these guys? And um, and it's that whole cycle all over again. It's just everyone's looking at the off season, waiting. The Mets fans, are they're waiting for – the front office to do something and for the revelation that they're broke to come out, I guess in a New York market is a horrible thing. Other teams have been broke and have been able to do something about it. And maybe Sandy Alderson knows something we don't about, about his plan and how it's going to work. But, um, I, uh, with, with this team, with this lineup, the lineup they have now playing in San Diego, They'd they'd win eighty games, <laughs> but the fact that they're in New York and playing in that side of the of the country and, and up against that kind of talent for most of the year, it's 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 not uh, it's just not good news for them. Right. Um, obviously, uh, you know, are we looking at the team being sold uh, in a few years? Are they going to be forced to sell it? I mean, it's hard to say. I I thought five years ago. They should have sold. There would be an yeah. ownership change, but yeah. they haven't. They haven't had to do that. So, yeah, I guess uh, if you look at the Phillies, like they have a pretty interesting uh, farm system that's starting uh-huh. to bear fruit. So I feel like they'd probably be even behind the Phillies, and of course the Nationals in their last year of Bryce Harperness and is, is Worth still there, or did his contract run out already? Um, Worth is. Uh, I'm not sure. Did they have one more year on him? or? That's an excellent question. Either way, he, he's probably not that much of a factor anymore. But, you know, they, they got Scherzer and and uh, Strasburg and Giolite. Not G- Gio Gonzalez, not Giolite, because yeah, yeah. they traded him to uh, to the White Sox for, I, I think, Adam Eaton. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And then Eaton got hurt. But anyway, they still made the playoffs, and, you know, that, that was fun. But... Then you look at their their uh, division mate rival, the Marlins, and it's oh. a circus right now. Like you heard about what happened the other day when Derek <laughs> Jeter did the downtown hall, and then this morning, I think uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, was on the Dan LeBatard show, and he basically lied through his teeth and said, "Yeah, we had no idea that we we're gonna 
like cut payroll and stuff like that. And so <laughs> now, now you're talking about multiple fan bases in the same division who are like yeah. just pissed off at their, at their team because they're not, they're, they're literally saying, I will not provide you a winning product, but give us money anyway. Yeah. Well, and that's that. Yeah. The Marlins. Oh my goodness. It's, they just keep finding new ways to just freak the hell out of all of us. It's, it's, they're like, it's like a Yankees Marlins matter, antimatter thing that, that folks like us, where we are and, and the, the, the team we mutually follow. Um, this is, like I said, this is, this is one of the joys of, this is one of the reciprocal joys of having seen the Cubs win a World Series, whether it was year before last or whether it was 10 years ago, is this used to be us. Yeah. This used to be us. Um, the, the, the most humorous thing in that whole debacle, uh, besides what you just pointed out, as if nobody knew that they were going to drop, that they were going to cut payroll like crazy. I mean, who would have thunk it? None of us are businessmen in that respect, but, um, gee, like the Marlins have never done that, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, like that's never happened in Miami. Uh, I mean, fire sale, I think uh, they should probably change the name of the team to just fire sale because I think everyone almost expects it. If Jeter hadn't authorized a huge payroll dump, I think we a lot of us probably would have dropped dead of a heart attack, especially a lot of us who aren't in the age range of heart attack. You know, we still would have had cardiac arrest. Yeah. Unbelievable. The, 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 the part of the debacle that that is the most humorous to me is the whole Marlins man angle. Um, <laughs> Do you know who I am? That, that was pretty funny, huh? I, I mean, it's this is like, well, you know what this is? This is like CubsCon 10 years ago and Ronnie Woo Woo standing up and saying, do you woo-woo know woo-woo who I am? Woo-woo, right? You know what I mean? And uh, nobody else is going to understand that except for Cubs fans because, you know, Marlins man is their Ronnie woo-woo. Uh-huh. It's this, this idiot that shows up uh, out of nowhere, probably a really nice guy. I met Ronnie woo-woo. Just one of the biggest moments in my life was being able to get my picture taken with him. In fact, I watched part of Michael Jackson's funeral on TV with Ronnie Woo-Woo. It's my claim to fame. It's not going on my tombstone. It might go on my obituary. But um, the the Marlins man is their Ronnie Vickers, right? There's no question about it. And for him to stand up, I mean, forget a minute that he's Derek Jeter. He's Mark Cuban or, or uh, you know, Donald Trump, some millionaire who bought the baseball team. For him to stand up at a town hall meeting, by the way, who the hell does a town hall meeting? Uh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. I mean, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But who st- he stands up in front of the owner and says, do you know who I am? What ounce of, of matter does any man, woman, or child have in their being to not respond to a guy like that with some sort of whatever the snarkiest thing that comes out of your mind that equates to just sit down and shut up. And, you know, Peter handled it well, but it's it's the, the audacity of the fan base to be captured in a caricature of themselves, such as Marlon's man, is almost preposterous. There's not a Cubs <laughs> fan I've ever known whoever wanted to be represented by Ronnie Woo Woo. Yeah. Um, a lot of us love him for nostalgic reasons or any other twisted matters. You know, I mean, he's, if you go to a lot of games, you always see him. He's always kind of hanging around. Sometimes he smells like pee. Sometimes he doesn't. It's just one of those things. But this is his Marlins man. I don't know. I think the guy's the guy obviously has a lot of money to waste, and he's got a bit <laughs> shy. If he thinks he can stand up in front of now, I'll say it in front of Derek Jeter and say, "Do you know who I am?" 
You gotta give him credit though, because he was just like, "Yeah, I think I've heard of you, or I, I know of you. you." It was a great yeah. response. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it's like if it were me, I would have been like, "Who the hell cares?" Because <laughs> that's what the rest of us are saying. I mean, you know, but um, the, the the Marlins man thing though is in a in a kind of a poetic way. It, it, that is kind of the 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 representation of their fan base. Um, and we have to, we, we're not obligated to be respectful of that, but we, we need to remember our past mm-hmm. and, and think about how frustrating this is. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, uh, all of us being outsiders, uh, it's the, the, the Marlins, they are in for a long road, uh, probably a lot longer than the Mets. I mean, the best thing that could happen to be the Met to the Mets would be to someone to buy the team and do the same thing that that Jeter or whoever bought the Marlins would have done. I mean, and uh, and kind of start all over again. Yeah, but, sell Cespedes to somebody who had actually sure. use them to contend with. Yeah. yeah, but this is a part. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. on the other hand. The respect is where it ends. On the other hand, this is a team who's won more World Series in the last 110 years than the Cubs have, right? <laughs> right. And that being said, this is a team who's also done this more times <laughs> than they've won World Series. It's it's part of it's part of their habit. As much as as much respect I have for the people of Miami. And the Marlins fans, I'm one of those guys who would like it would be better for everybody if the commissioner would just say, look, baseball in Miami, it's a bad thing for us. And we need to move the team somewhere else. Yeah, too bad they just built that. It's yeah. actually a pretty nice stadium. It looks like it's just got that eyesore in the center field. Yeah. but. You know, oh, yeah, it looks like, great, but again, it's taxpayer-funded, and oh, they're yeah. kind of stuck with that. So when Jeter comes in and buys a team and says, I'm selling off all the talent, and players are like, yeah, I, I want to be traded now. Now I want to be traded. Yeah, uh, It's, now, it's no longer a, a nice destination to be in. Yeah, Yeah, we have a bajillion-dollar stadium to pay off. You can't do this to us. Well, yeah, we can. Your previous owner did it to you so many times, you had to be used to it. <laughs> yeah. Beauty and the history in this cathedral The sky so blue against the grass so green Like time stood still forever This is a good uh, uh, way to segue into our next segment. Uh, we want to talk about the Baltimore Orioles, who there, there's like several things that have been just sticking out my craw. One is, of course, the very public statement that they were not in on Shohei Otani because of philosophical reasons. And I'm like, what philosophical reasons? He's going to be cheap and he can like hit and pitch. So why wouldn't you do it? And then uh, more recently they had a bit of bad luck because Zach Britton uh, ruptured his Achilles and now they might not even trade Manny Machado and they kind of have to because like the team is loaded with, Guys who probably should just DH and who are way overpaid and yeah. they have no pitching. Their like farm system is basically I I can't even name a top a Baltimore prospect and I feel like I'm fairly well educated in terms of like who the big names are and their one shining star is Manny Machado, but yeah. he's gonna be useless to you except for marketing purposes and who wants to you know come see a team that's not going to go to the playoffs anyway, whether or not Manny is there or not, you know? Yeah. And and that's kind of, yeah. And that's, and that's kind of like, so where the Marlins decided that, yeah. The first thing we're going to do is shed payroll by getting rid of our star, see what we get for him and kind of rebuild the team. And, and um, you know, the, the Orioles at the same time, I, I don't think they – I really don't think they want to do that. And I think once all this Marlins swirling started happening uh, about Yelich and uh, uh, Real Muto obviously being very, very frustrated with all of the talk, 
I think that they made a statement with Manny Machado saying they didn't want to trade him. Um, just, just kind of to keep it's you, you know how sometimes you have to wait for somebody to do something really, really stupid uh-huh. so that you can play your own stupid card. <laughs> and it's yeah. you know if they had if they had opened the winter meetings with we're the Baltimore Orioles Orioles and we don't care what you say think or do Manny Machado's not being traded over our dead body that's not how they opened up the winter meetings right uh-huh. but if they had right away it'd have been like well these guys are morons uh, and <laughs> by letting by waiting for the Marlins controversy to to rear its perennial head they totally turn their stupid card into a pride card by saying yep Manny Machado is the linchpin of our roster for years to come and we're hanging on to him he's uh still a team control guy hmm. um what he's uh Drafted, drafted in 2010. So, oh yeah. So they, 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 by keeping him around, they're sitting on the cash. They got the control. They got everything. This doesn't mean they'll trade him in the middle of the season, but yeah, where do they go from here? Because their pitching rotation, which once used to be one of those, this is a value-added pitching rotation, right? They're they're winning a respectable amount of games, and they don't have really a lot of expensive guys around. Well, their their pitching rotation looks as bad as the Mets right now. Yeah, they've got a lot of guys who are uh, either hard luck or just plain underperformers. Are too young uh, to really make a difference at this point. And they got two guys in their projected starting rotation, I think who are under 25, 26 years old, um, not counting Bundy. I think, is Bundy 26 yet? No. Uh, I don't think so. Don't he, think he's he a, on the young side, yeah. I mean, every single one of their pitchers is, is under 30. And, and not that that's a horrible thing, but what it tells you right away is they don't really have any UFDA veteran presence in there. They're relying on Dylan Bunny to have a great season, and they got St. Jude candles lit for all the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Gosman is, if he's not the oldest, he's close to the oldest guy, and, and Gosman is, uh, uh, you know, he's got, eh, let's see, three years of service. I mean... They've got to they've got to land a pitcher somehow, and yeah. their their chances of trading are really really thin. Uh, you know, they there's a lot there's still a lot of good guys like some of the guys I mentioned that I wouldn't mind seeing the Cubs. Obviously, Chris Tillman's not one of them, but Jeff Locke or or Wade Miley, uh, they're still a little on the young side. But the, I think Jeff Locke is thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yes, mean, yes. Jeff Locke's a very very good pitcher and. Uh, I, I they but they they have more slots to fill than they're gonna go out and do so it's it's the, the something weird is happening with the Orioles and I don't think it's gonna present itself this season but there's farm system I, I I used to listen to a lot of Frederick Keys games I, I really like their mm-hmm. guy and they had a they have a very very good team several years ago. The last couple of years, oh, it hadn't been the same. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to your point, there's a reason why. There's just not a whole lot going on there. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, try this. If we were to assume that the Cubs, like according to recent reports, are in on Manny Machado, whether mm-hmm. or not they ultimately trade him, what do they trade for Manny Machado? Because if the Baltimore Orioles really want those pitchers, then that is taking from a cash that the Cubs don't have. They don't have that kind of pitching. And if they want to replace Manny Machado, then it's one of Javi Baez or Addison Russell or maybe Ian Happ 
maybe even Kyle Schwarber, and none of those four do I want to trade for a Manny Machado. I want them to trade for a pitcher. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, I'll stand. I'll stand in front of the. I'll stand in front of the office along with you and everybody else. Yeah. We'll chain ourselves. We'll chain ourselves to the building before we let that happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, that well, that's tough because the the, the Cubs don't have pitchers to offer, and uh, Baltimore needs pitchers, and Baltimore's infield is. I mean, look at their yeah, their infield is is pretty damn good. Besides Machado, they got Scope and uh, Tim Beckham's not bad by any means. Um, you know, would <laughs> would Tim Beckham ever replace a guy like Addison Russell? No. Um, you know, Javi Baez maybe. I don't know. It, it, I know that's a stretch, but you know, if the guns to my head. And I need to, and I need to get rid of somebody. Um, it, it's a, any of these guys are going to cause the fan base some wear and tear. Two years from now, maybe not. Um, after a, a rather lopsided season by a couple of the guys, I mean, let's face it. Uh, if Ian Happ has a really, really good year. Hmm. Uh, Kyle Schwarber may not be around much longer. That's just the way it goes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he'll always be our hero, but uh, if if Ian Happ really, really, really stands out, what do you do with Kyle Schwarber? You trade him. Yeah. So uh, It's one or, or the other. I almost feel like they like Schwarber so much more because he's probably a better hitter than Hap, but Hap yeah. is just so much more versatile defensively that you're yes, just like, where, where do you want to plug him in? And now Schwarber probably isn't going to catch any more regularly. So there goes my dream of him being the regular backup catcher, you know. But yeah. uh, thank, thankfully, like, the Cubs could just bring back, like, Rene Rivera or something, like, if they get their act together and just say, you know what, we'll bite the bullet, we'll use Rene Rivera. And uh, just give, you know, Caratini a little more time of seasoning in, in Iowa. But I feel like because of how hard Schorber's worked and because of just the organization's loyalty to him, yeah. that they, they'd probably keep him. And therefore, you're dangling Ian Happ for pitching. And that, unfortunately, isn't as big of a piece as you would like because while he's got a lot of potential, he's just so raw that – I don't know how you can possibly project them well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think this this season is going to be the the kicker. Uh, it do, mm-hmm. doesn't help us decide what they could do now to get Machado. But um, you know, if if Baltimore wanted, if if the Cubs really, really, really wanted Manny Machado, um, Baltimore could would would. It probably wouldn't be Kyle Schwarber, but they might get Addison Russell out of the deal. You know, yeah. they they might get they might get a couple of our favorite pieces, and then well, they could probably turn one of those around for uh, some prospects. Pitching prospects would be if I were a GM, that's how I'd do it. Be, if, if I were going to have to trade with the Cubs yeah. and I do was it. the Orioles. I couldn't get their pitchers, but I could get somebody else's pitchers for some of their guys. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a either a three-team trade or a trade and flip. For them. yeah, 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 it, it'd have to be for Baltimore. Their only option, their only their best option right now is to get some uh, get some studs in the farm system and start developing those. Um, not like Baltimore is real good on that. I mean, they gave up on Jake Arrieta. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. Right. Plus, well, and for the Brewers or whoever signs him, I mean, they gave up on Jake Arrieta. Baltimore's had a lot of misses uh, in their development cycle over the past few years. And, and Jake Arrieta is probably the most popular one. I'm sure there are more. But Machado, Machado looked fragile at first, and they're, they're going to hang on to him. I, I don't think there was any bullshit in their statement of they were not interested in trading him whatsoever i think yeah. again i think the time was right for them to make a statement we are not doing this but uh you know do they need pitchers absolutely and they're they're probably going to have to get rid of guys like jonathan scope and tim beckham i mean 
look, if Machado wants to play shortstop, okay, fine. And trade a couple of our infielders uh-huh. for uh, some pitchers so we can put Machado at shortstop and show him that we're not the Marlins and we're with them for the long haul and, and we're going to get some prospects and eventually bring Baltimore back to the postseason. Yeah, and I, I think why I feel like this is so unlikely is because, like, as fans, I guess we can look at this from afar, but I feel like the front office might agree with us that the guys who might be traded, like uh, Hap, Schwarber, Almora, uh, Javi, and Addison Russell, those those guys have done so much in the past, and they're huh? still so young, they're so potentially going to improve and you don't want to miss that but at the same yeah. time it's a risk risk reward kind of thing do you want that one year machado with the chance to extend him which isn't really factored into the trade value i don't think right. yeah. but you know it's got to be in the back of your mind I, I have a chance to extend this guy if i don't get bryce harper because the dodgers and the yankees go nuts next year yeah. uh what do you do and i feel like i i think I'm more uh, safe in in this case. I want my guys so that I could develop them because I know what they should be capable of and I have faith in them. So why not stay the course because of what they've done over the past four years anyway? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it boils down to that. It boils down to you look at the Cubs roster right now. It's like, they don't really need to move anybody. These guys are awesome. Yeah, these guys are great. I mean, you know what happened last year? Ran out of luck. It happens to the best teams. Uh, you know, you look at the <laughs> look at the 1990 Oakland A's. Man, they had it all, and they were great. But they just they got unlucky, and uh, and someone else got luckier. And you can't manage that. The, 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 this this roster is so good. You know. The, the Cubs really only need another starting pitch. Everybody else, they're fantastic. Yeah. Um, so they And the beginning of their right. fantasticness is right now. I mean, we have no idea, you know. Even Kyle Schwarber's got potential we haven't seen yet. He's, he's only 25 years old. Yeah. And he didn't miss the bulk of uh, the previous season, so yeah, you, you don't know what he's got. Like uh, I, I think he was learning on the fly, and that's why you saw him yeah. improve so much in the second half. And you don't know like whether Jason Hayward will remember how to hit, you know, but, yeah. uh, or Justin Wilson. Hey, maybe you should remember how to throw strikes because you used to be good at that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I have a, I, I still I still believe in Justin to some extent because, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean I don't know these guys they're just like the rest of us I mean you know some of them can just go into a a, a, a familiar role with a new team and bang 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 you know Wade Davis you know he's the gunslinger that's what he does and some guys just they do it and they flip out, right? Huh, I, think, yeah. I think Justin was one of those guys who uh, he just stepped in and he may have not had the confidence in himself that the Cubs did when they signed him. Um, I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think Justin Wilson uh, did anything personally or took part in anything that kept the Cubs out of the World Series this year, uh, I mean, like I said, they they just plain ran out of luck. I mean, mm-hmm. that whole series with Washington was the epitome of luck running its hottest and hardest. There's no way they should have won. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's no way they should have won it. You know, and 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 but right. they did. Um, and, and, and Justin, he he could still be really, 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 really awesome. Um, yeah, I and, think uh, these Cubs are just. If you let it ride and you know how awesome Rizzo and Brian are cap- capable of being, you know how the front three pitchers are capable of pitching, you know uh, that the middle infield is good at defense and so on and so forth, you know that Jason Hayward at the very least will be able to catch a baseball. You know, yeah. uh, All that 
said, you're, you're just a few switches away from being a juggernaut again. And yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. as it stands, they're going to win the division. Like, it won't be easy because I think, uh, you know, the Cardinals got Ozuna and the Brewers are, like, doing whatever they're doing, but they were really pesky last year. And so it, it's not going to be super easy to win the division, but I also don't see them losing it either unless something, like, super catastrophic happens, knock on wood. Right. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a good time for them to stay the course, and I like how patient and yes. methodical they've been all off season. They're just like, yeah, well, you know, we'll sign these two random relievers. They're not that random. They're actually kind of good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how how often does that happen? You're watching uh, you're watching a guy play for a team you can't stay in the World Series. And the the thought in your mind pops up that this guy could be this guy could be pitching for the Cubs next year. And then they actually go ahead and sign him. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that's that's a good that's a good feeling. And that's and that's, you know, the Cubs really are riding that wave where, um, you know, again, you know, I, I, you know, I can't read his mind. I don't know the truth about the whole thing, but I have this picture in my mind of of Brandon Morrow in the World Series pitching and just thinking, man, you know what? I, I might be pitching for the Cubs next year. Just at the thought, it crossed his mind. I'm sure. You know, it's it's yeah. a, it, it's it's just um, that was great, and, and and you know, and I really liked the Steve. I'm going to screw his name up. Chishek, I don't know. I, li- I really yeah. like that, too, because he's, I mean, thank God we know he's not a closer. But, um, you know, the bullpen this year and last year was always always kind of like the Cubs wild card. It always is for a lot of teams. And I, I don't think you can't do enough. You can't do too much tinkering with the bullpen. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think a lot of them are just generating round balls, and that's all the more reason to keep Addison Russell and Javi Baez around because yep. they gobble up ground balls like nobody's right. business. <laughs> Vacuum cleaners. Yeah. It's just last season was was all about endurance, yeah. uh, and um, the Cubs, you know, they really they really put the pedal to the metal there uh, in September. Uh, I don't think. Um, I think you were one of the guys. I, 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 those, all those, those games, those last four or five series, they all felt like playoff games. Yeah. And um, and you know, did they did they burn themselves out? I I really don't think so. I, I, you know, all teams in the postseason they're out of gas, but man, they really poured it on. Um, a, a lot of Cubs fans, not me, but you know, a lot of the ones that are loudest on Twitter and, and the Facebook and the internets, uh, a lot of them were just like this. This team doesn't want to win, and 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 I think that's that's farthest from the truth. Uh, I think they wanted to win. I think they probably over wanted to win to some extent. It was it was about endurance. Uh, they. Uh, yeah. they really kind of pushed themselves in a lot of directions, trying to get to the postseason, and they really put the steam on September and it worked. And and I think that was – that's actually, in my opinion, that's a good thing moving into next year because, you know, if you're Joe Madden, you're going, you know, 2016, you know, just about pole to pole for us. 2017 was, you know, was not was about winning the race. Yeah. It was about finishing strong mm-hmm. because uh, – because that's you know especially in the chicago market that's what it's all about right. uh, it's you know we're not the yankees and the red sox and no one's going to get fired if we don't win the world series but man if we finish strong you don't have to worry about putting butts in the seats they'll be there yeah. uh, you know hopefully here over the next few years uh, you know the white Sox, the way they're going uh, they get to kind of shoot for the same thing because I think that would that would be really nice to see in the city the greatest city in the world is have these two baseball teams finishing strong you know on a consistent basis at the same time I think uh, uh, I think that would be great for everybody uh, whether yeah. it happens or not I don't know um, I know the Cubs are going to be fine next year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no, yeah. you know, like, you know, to, 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 to think, you know, six or seven years ago, we'd have this chat about, about 
you know, I don't, I don't think I'd move anybody in, in you know, on the roster. The, the, there was, haven't had this, we haven't had this problem for three years now, you know, yeah. where, where it's the, the stability are there. These guys are still kids. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I hate to use the word dynasty, but uh, I just, it's kind of nice three years in a row just to look at the off-season roster and go, I really, really feel wonderful. Yeah. I mean, eventually we'll have to figure out how they're going to reset this because they'll get old and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we haven't gotten to that point yet, and I think that's something we can definitely appreciate. Yeah, we're a long ways off, and and the old guys, you know, the old guys on the team aren't even 30 yet. Uh, And... You know, you have you have one guy on a team who's a leader. That's a wonderful thing. But when you have two, you know, you got Rizzo and you got Hayward. I mean, that's just gold. I, I don't know what they're paying them, but it's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Through the good times and the bad times, we stood beside you every day. want to thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight uh it it was a really good chat and i enjoy catching up with you again after all these years uh where can we find you uh i'm on twitter uh at yoshiki89 that's y-o-s-h-i-k-i-89 and if you're into the scorekeeping thing and uh, you want to check out some of my score sheets and some of that Weirdo business I put up there. The The website is extrabasehit.blogspot.com. That's extra without an E at the front. So it's X-T-R-A-B-A-S-E-H-I-T. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And so uh, I also have, I also have a, a page on Facebook called The Baseball Enthusiast. So if you go like that, um, I, I don't get... I, I get to a lot of games around here in Louisville uh, throughout the season, and I post score sheets and interesting photos and that kind of stuff on it and as well. So, Cool. Yeah, let me link to that in the show notes. Uh, of course, you can find us at WorldSeriesDreaming.com. Anno's Twitter is WSDreaming underscore Cubs. That's where most of our stories will be because we link it directly from Facebook when it's not broken because Facebook is – Idiot, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Can't like that comment enough. <laughs> and I am at Cubic Snarconia. Uh, you can email us any of your thoughts, hate mail, whatever, at WorldSeriesDreaming at gmail.com. Uh, you, you can also find us on iTunes. We need some ratings. So if you could give us, like, you know, even a one-star rating, I don't care. I, I appreciate good feedback because, you know, we're not making money off this. We just do this for fun, and we like to get better at it. So, uh, yeah, thank you again for joining us, and, of course, thank you. yeah. yeah. And, keep, and keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you guys have been just good stuff for several years. I can't say it enough. Uh, just really always enjoy the what you're doing there. That's awesome stuff. Oh, thanks, boss. And, uh, yeah, go Cubs. There we go. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> it's more than just a game.